Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Morning, how are we doing? We doing good? Woo! 11 a.m. service. Y'all are awake and energized. I hope y'all got a great cup of coffee and a great breakfast before you got here. Uh, But I am excited today uh, for our message, uh, for what God has for us. My name is Pastor Aaron. I am the associate pastor here at Generations Church, uh, which means I oversee a lot of different areas, and the list would go on and on, so we're not going to go into all of them. Uh, But I know Pastor Carson hit on a couple of announcements for next Sunday, uh, but we have a lot of great things planned for the fall, uh, for this new semester of school, and so on and so forth. Uh, that we believe God is going to work in a powerful way. We're going to have a lot of fun, build community. Uh, one, one event coming up on August 14th is what we call Sunday Fun Day. You can come to church and have fun. Uh, we will have an axe throwing uh, for adults. We will have a food truck and, and water games. So if you have kids, they're going to want to bring a change of clothes and a towel. But it is going to be an incredible, incredible time together. That is after the 9.30 and 11 a.m. service. Uh, so you can come to 9.30 and just stay all the way through the 11 o'clock service and enjoy it for as long as you want. Or you can come to the 11 again, and, and it'll be available after the 11 as well. Right outside, it's going to be a lot of fun. Invi- we want, to, want you to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, uh, and family to that. It's going to be a great time. And then also for the fall, and then I'm done, uh, is our fall G Group launch is August 14th and 21st. We have 16 G groups. We just added one after the 930 service, which is awesome. Uh, but we have 16 G groups that are going to be going on this fall uh, in many different areas. We have activity G groups. Uh, we have Bible study, men and women Bible study G groups. We have community groups. Uh, we have four new G groups that are starting this fall, including Grief Share, uh, including one called Encountering God, led by my wife, uh, and then also another one for our 50-plus group and age group. Since that is growing, we're opening another group for that, led by Ken and Debbie uh, Summers and Wanda and Doug Starr. I almost got them both mixed up, uh, but they are, they are passionate about leading people. Uh, so it is going to be a great, great fall for G Group. So jump into G Group, get involved in the community of God here at Generations Church. Today, I get the honor and privilege of bringing the word and concluding our summer stories series. And today, we're gonna look at a parable in the Bible that's found in Luke 15. Uh, That is the parable of the lost sheep. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you've read it before. Uh, and, And I'm so excited today for what God has for us. I believe life change is going to happen today. I believe people are going Uh, to take a step in their faith and walk with God today. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible apps, uh, turn to Luke 15, 1 through 7. It's going to be on the screen, but if you have your Bible apps or or Bibles with you, turn to Luke 15, 1 through 7 as we read this story. Give you five seconds to get to it. Luke 15, New Testament, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, so right after Mark. Luke 15, one through seven says this. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with sinful people and even, get this, even eating with them. So Jesus told the story, uh, if a man has a hundred sheep 
and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others to, in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. What an incredible story uh, that Jesus tells in this parable in Luke 15. So in our parable today, we first see Jesus associating and eating with sinners, eating with people uh, that were not like him, that were not like the religious law uh, leaders of, of the time, the Pharisees, that were not like them. And the Pharisees and religious leaders and teachers were furious with Jesus over him doing this and over him associating and eating with sinners. They were furious with them. So Jesus, and only how Jesus could do it, because we know Jesus uh, can, can do certain things that other people just couldn't do. And all, he, could, he could tell a story like no other. He was the greatest story of all time, storyteller of all time. And only the way Jesus could tells a story to correct the Pharisees and religious leaders' thinking and belief about what he was doing. And he talks about a shepherd having a hundred sheep and, and one of the sheep getting lost and how the shepherd would leave the 99 to go and search for the one until he finds it. And the parable of the lost sheep is this, is this wonderful story told by Jesus to, to illustrate the love and compassion that he has for every person in this world, whether they've, they've came before us or coming after us. His, his love and compassion and his mercy and his grace that he has for you and he has for me and he has for other people. It displays God seeking out the lost sinner and rejoicing when they are found. So today, through this parable, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna look, look at three incredible things that we learn from God and about his love for us. And the first one is this, you matter to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you matter to God. Even if they don't matter to you, they matter to God. Uh, you matter to God. How incredible is that us average people matter to the God of the universe, the creator of the world. We matter to him. You know, oftentimes, I think it's easy to believe this idea that we're just this average person, that there's nothing special about us. You know, we, we don't feel like we are, are, are this great and mighty person and incredible person. So how could we matter to God, how could I, Aaron White, an average person, matter to the God of the universe, the creator of the heavens and the earth? How could I matter to him? There's 7.7 billion people in this world. I had to look it up. Trust me, I had to look it up. I knew it was around 7 billion. Uh, there's 7.75 billion people in this world. So how could I matter to him? How could I matter to him? We, but we matter to God, you matter to God. We see it in Psalms 139, where it says this in verse 13 and 14. It says this, it says, for you created 
my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We matter so much to God that he created us. He, he formed us in our mother's wombs. This means that we're not just this random person that was created. We weren't created randomly. We, we weren't mistakenly uh, created, even though we sometimes, if you have a sibling, you tell them you were a mistake. You were, if you have siblings, you've told them this before. We, weren't, we, we aren't mistakes. Or if you had a kid and mistake, they weren't mistakes. Uh, you weren't just randomly created or randomly made. You were, you were born for a purpose and on purpose. And God formed you in your mother's womb. Even though he is this God of great and, and wonderful and powerful works, he sees you. He sees you and, and, and loves you and cares for you before you were even born. He has given great thought. And, and, and he has given great care into who you are, who you are going to become. He carefully and skillfully designed you. We see it in, in also in Luke 12, three chapters before our parable for today, where it says in verse seven, it says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. So to me, he knows how many hairs on my head that I am losing. Uh, anybody? Some people in this room are thinking it. Let's be honest. Some people, I'm not adding any hairs to my head. I'm subtracting. So he knows. He knows what's going on. Uh, and some of you may be too. All my bald people, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. But he shows us, this shows us just how much he cares about you to such this crazy detail level that he's numbered every hair on your head. He cares about you. He cares about your wants. He cares about your needs. He cares about your pain. He cares about your struggle. He cares about your hurts. He cares about your grief. He cares about what you do. He cares about your life. He cares enough about you to make plans and a purpose for your life that we see in Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, for I know the plans uh, that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He has plans and a purpose for your life. You're not a mistake. You weren't made on mistake. He cares enough for you that he sent his one and only son for you. I know that sometimes we can think of, we can hear that scripture and it's kind of like, we, we think, oh, man, you know, he sent, you know, for people and, 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 you know, but, you know, not specifically me. No, he specifically had you in mind. He sent his son to die on the cross for you even when we were still sinners, even when we continue to fall short. You, your life matters to him. He cares about you. He loves you. Uh, and if you don't get anything else from this message today, I hope you you know and, and you feel the love of God and how much he loves and cares for you and the fact that you matter. You're not a mistake. You weren't, you weren't created on mistake. You were created on purpose. And, and he wants to have relationship with you today and in your life, with you specifically. So you matter to God. You matter to him. So we matter to God 
and you matter to God. But the second thing we learn from this parable is that others matter to God. Others matter to God. You matter to God, but so do others matter to God. We see that in the scripture. We matter, but so do others. In Luke 15, one through two, it says this in our scripture, in our story, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious, Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. We see in this story uh, that Jesus didn't just teach and, you know, they were in the crowd and he just left it at that. No, he associated with them. He ate with them. So you matter to God, but so do others. Others who don't look like you. Others who don't act like you. Others who don't think like you. Others that, that don't have the same beliefs as you. Others uh, that, 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 that didn't vote the same as you and aren't, aren't associated with the same political party as you. Others uh, that are so entrapped in sin and by sin that, that their, their life is so far away from God and, and, and how God tells us to live. Those people matter. Your enemies matter to God. That one gets close to home, am I right? Your enemies, the people that have done you wrong, matter to God. The people that have hurt you, that have caused you great pain and hurt, matter to God. They matter to God. God cares about the one. God cares about the one. He cares about the 99. They matter to him, but he cares about the one. And sometimes we're a part of that 99. And I pray and I hope you are. Uh, You're part of that 99. But others, the, the one they matter to God as well. The people in your, in, at your job uh, that aren't living right, that don't follow God, they matter to him. The people uh, in, in your household or uh, associated with your family, they matter to him. Your neighbors, uh, the people around you and your friend groups, they matter to God. The people on the other side of the world matter to God. God cares about the one. In Luke 15, seven, it says, in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Jesus said that heaven will rejoice when one sinner repents. Heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. The heavens rejoice when they and others repent. And and we should too. We should too. I, I just even reading this, this verse over the past couple weeks, preparing my heart and preparing my mind, I believe God has just really burdened me uh, to, to, to not become numb to, to when people repent and not become numb uh, when people repent and turn to God. Turn to God. And, 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 and it's burdened me for, for our church and, and the people around our church to never become numb to when people turn away from wickedness and sin and turn to God. Let us never become numb to that. We should rejoice when others repent. We should shout for joy when others repent. We should come alongside them and resource them and walk with them and talk with them when others repent and walk with them in relationship with God. That's why G groups are so so special because you can. Uh, and, and we should never become numb to when others repent and turn to 
through God. Let us rejoice when others repent. So others matter and you matter. And the third thing that we learn from this parable is this, that you're not too far gone from God's love. You're not too far gone from God's love. In Luke 15, four through five, it says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he would joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. You know, the thing about sheep is they have this, this instinctive tendency to wander. And, and, and so do we, so do I sometimes, and not just my ADD, uh, but they have this instinctive tendency to wander. And, and if the shepherd did not go out and seek out the lost sheep, it would have never made its way back home. And we also have that tendency to wander. Does anybody have a tendency to wander sometimes? Sometimes my wife, uh, it will tell me to do something. I see that hand. I, will, will tell me to do something. Uh, getting personal for the, for, the, for the husbands right here. Some, uh, sometimes my wife will tell me something, and, and sometimes I'm like on my way to do it, and like I sometimes just wander off and like, she comes to me like 20 minutes later and is like, did you do what I asked you to do? And it's like, what did you ask me to do? Because I, I wonder, I wonder. Okay, other people do too. Um, but we have a tendency to wander just like sheep uh, and wander away from God, wander away from our devotion to God, wander away from his word, wander away from his presence, wander away from worship and prayer, uh, wander away from our relationship with him. And in John 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And I encourage you to go read this, this, this chapter, John 10 in the book of John, who not only searches out for the lost sheep, in other words, sinners, but who lays down his life for them. And oftentimes, we wander away from God or, or when we sin and fall short, we believe this lie from the enemy that God is disappointed in us and is looking down upon us in anger, uh, that, 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 that we are too far gone from, from God for him to forgive us and for him to give us grace and have, have, uh, to love us and show compassion on us. And, and I kind of compare that to uh, when you mess up and, and you're afraid that your parents are going to find out. You remember when you were a kid and you messed up so big at school, when you got the F on the grade, maybe I'm the only person, uh, and you come home and you know that your parents are going to be angry and disappointed, like, and so you're fearful of that, and then you, so you hide it, or you turn the F into an A somehow, never did that one either, um, but we, we have this fear of God being, like, disappointed and angry with us, so we run the opposite way, and, 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 and we, we try to hide from God and run, run away from God. But instead, unlike worldly love and humanly love, God in his love and compassion and mercy for us has compassion upon us. And I love about this scripture is not that he forgives us and has compassion, but he searches us out. Like he goes and looks for you and he looks for me and he looks for others. He searches for us when we're lost, and he seeks us out with compassion. He seeks us out in love for us. In Romans 8, verse 35 through 39, 
It says, can anything separate us from, the God's, from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are, are, are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for, the, for your sake, we are killed every day. Uh, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I love this part. And I am convinced that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Instead, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? Aren't you thankful? I'm thankful for that, that nothing can separate me from the love of God, that nothing you do can separate you from the love of God. Nothing that, uh, nothing that you, you think about yourself, your mess, uh, n- none of your, 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 your flaws that you believe that you have, uh, none of your fears, none of your un belief could separate you from the love of God. God loves you. There's nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I remember when I was 18 years old, and I, I, I associated myself and thought about this over the past couple of weeks. I remember when I was 18 years old, and I found myself as the lost sheep in this story. And, and I made decision after decision that was wrong. I turned and ran in the opposite way of God, his calling for my life, his plans for my life. Uh, my, my decisions were just terrible, if, if, if I can be completely honest. I, I just made bad choices. I cared so much more about others and mattering to others than I did about God and relationship with God. So that, that created uh, this, this shame and this guilt, uh, this insecurity, uh, to the point where like, I didn't want to darken the doors of the church because I knew how bad of a mess I was and I knew my flaws and I knew what I had done. So months went by and a, and a couple months went by and I was, I was just going down this wrong road and wandering away like a lost sheep from God. But I remember, I remember June 30th, 2010, I was 18 years old. Maybe that makes me feel young or makes me feel old for some people in this room. Uh, but I remember June 30th, 2000, 2010, when I finally had this point in my life where, where I had felt like I, the shame was just so strong. But I remember on my hands and knees praying to God and, and, and the Holy Spirit just flooded my life and, 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 and His Spirit was with me. His presence was, was with me in my bedroom at the time. And I was just crying out to Him. And I remember this time where, where the love of God just hit me and and it was kind of like the shift in my heart and shift in my mind. And, and, and God just poured out his love upon me. And not just in that moment, but over the next weeks and months, uh, I saw God just move in my life and, and kind of heal some wounds and, and turn my life around and show his love and compassion for me to the point where like, I didn't think I could ever be where I'm at now because of how bad I messed up. But in his love and compassion, for me and his love and compassion for you. He 
forgives and he gives grace and he and he gives compassion and, and for you and for me. And I just remember I felt like I was too far gone for God's love and, and from God and his love, but he forgave and he gave grace and he gave gave direction to my life. You're not too far gone from God's love. There's no 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 distance you could go, no no place that you can hide from God's love. Nothing can separate you from his love. And today, I believe there's some people in this room or watching online uh, that you would say, you know, I'm, I'm not in the relationship with God that I need to be. I relate to, to where, what you just said and, and where you just were, where I, I've wandered away from God. I've wandered away from my relationship with God. I've wandered away uh, from, from my devotion to God. I've wandered away in my belief and and maybe maybe for the first time you need to dedicate your life to God or maybe for maybe the 20th time and there's no shame in that that you need to rededicate your life to God. And and there's some people in this room that would say I need to dedicate my life to God. I've I've wandered away and I need to dedicate my life to God. And today I want to give you the opportunity. And I know we normally do the the head bowed and eyes closed uh, kind of way of response, but I believe there's there's power in being bold and taking that step of faith, and we want to rejoice with you, and we want to shout for joy with you, and we want to come alongside of you uh, and, and resource you and walk with you. So today, if you say, "Man, I just don't feel like I matter. I don't. I don't feel like I, I, I'm close to God, and I need to rededicate my life or dedicate my life to God." If that is you today. Would you just be bold and lift up your hand so that we can come alongside you? Amen. 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 Here's what we're going to do before I move on. If you have, if you, there's a person that raised their hand or maybe it's, maybe you're in the room and you need prayer. Would you just, if, and you're around that person, would you just stretch their hands to that person? Lay your hand on that person as we pray for them. That's incredible that they raised their hand. I'm, I'm thankful that you raise your hand, that you have boldness and courage to do that. I believe God has a plan and a purpose for you. The heavens are rejoicing, am I right? Just as the scripture said, amen. So can we just stretch our hands to them? God, I thank you for their lives. I thank you, God, God, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose for them. God, the person that didn't raise their hand, God, God, we thank you and praise you and give you all the glory. God, I pray, God, that they turn away, God, and they repent and they turn to you, God, and in your love and in your mercy, God, that you just pour it out upon their life. God, that they're not too far gone. They've not messed up too bad, God, to be forgiven by you. So today, God, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing in each person's life, God. We rejoice today. God, we thank you and praise you and give you the glory. And everybody said, amen. Today, it's Baptism Sunday, one of my favorite times, uh, favorite Sundays. And if you're, you've planned to be baptized or, or you want to be baptized today uh, and you've never been baptized, I, I, I just want to dismiss you to the lobby where we're going to be doing baptized. So if you're, you're a family member of someone that is registered to be baptized, or today you would say, I want to be baptized. I need, I, need, I need to publicly for, profess my love and my devotion to God. I, I, wanna, I wanna come a part of the body of believers and profess my commitment to him. If that's you and you want to be baptized today, would you just stand and walk out our double doors to my right, your back left, and head out 
to the lobby for baptism today. Uh, but as we get into that, let's just pray as we close out our time of the word. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we matter. God, we thank you that others matter. God, let us not forget about the one. God, let us search for the one. Let us go and, 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 and speak your name and preach your name and live, li- live our lives like it matters so that others can see you and come to know you, God. God, thank you, God, that we are not too God, far gone from your love that your love searches us and seeks us out, God, and nothing can separate us from your love, God. We thank you and praise you and give you glory. And everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.